Hello and welcome to a show of their own sports and life with Morgan and Laura. I'm Morgan. And I'm Laura. And this week's episode is not going to be a normal episode. Generally, we'd probably call it a quick hitter, but we know it's not going to be quick. So it's just <laughs> going to be our regular episode because, and we're recording it Wednesday. You're listening to it Monday because Laura is going to be on vacation. So we had to record early. And it's going to be another royal episode. We'll be talking about Prince Philip's uh, complicated legacy in the first half. Second half, we'll talk about more recent uh, British royal things. And since it's a royal episode, and we got so much great feedback last time, we have brought our guest Alex back once again. So, hello. <laughs> should we just start, I guess, with the fact died and then there's a lot of articles being written about his legacy some kind of sugar-coated and some honest in what we should be reading yeah <laughs> yeah it's been and I think it's really interesting too because like no one had to like talk about those things in a positive way you know what mm -hmm. I mean that's what I noticed a lot about these articles it's like you didn't have to go there. Like, you could have commended, you could have talked about his sense of humor. Like, there's, like, that one video of him, like, come, like, the photographer, just take the fucking picture. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you can, like, point out how he was witty and funny and, like, not politically correct. You know what I mean? And, like, so many different things like that. But they, like, chose, like, racism. And yeah. it's, like, really, you guys? And it's, it's really funny, too, after saying them, like, try to deny that, like, the UK press is racist and stuff. That, like, UK press is literally, like, but they were kind of funny, right? Like, no. Just because he's dead doesn't mean we suddenly, like, laugh at everything and enjoy everything about his legacy, you know? It was, I also feel like if they were more honest in his life, that you, you wouldn't, we, it, like, it wouldn't make talking about his death so tough. Because I yeah, feel like yeah. a lot of things you wouldn't have to say because it would have already been said. But there were so yeah. many things that, like, he was kind of allowed to get by with that yeah. it makes th his death so much more complicated to discuss yeah and I, I think mean, it also at least on tumblr it seemed like a lot of people were like well he's dead so we can't talk bad about him but like there's a difference between talking bad and like talking honestly because yeah you can appreciate all he's done for the country itself while still acknowledging that a lot of the things he did and said were problematic yeah you know yeah and i think too because like the trouble with philip too it's like he brought that kind of ignorance and racism to his workplace you know mm -hmm. so if we're gonna talk about his legacy especially in terms of like his work and everything it's like you gotta talk about it all and he absolutely brought that to his work i mean he was like sexist too it's just like that that should be an issue and i don't yeah it's been odd seeing people almost it's been uncomfortable i don't know it's weird seeing a kind of complicated figure and even a complicated relationship like the queen and Phillips was, you know what I mean? And see how it's represented after death. It's, it's, and I think and we're in a time now, like, I mean, I remember when Kobe Bryant died, you know what I mean? Like people mourn, but there was also that complicated conversation. Like um, there was the fact that he had a serious rape charge against them and 
it definitely was true. Like how it happened and how that resulted was true. So, you know, it's talking about, it's like, you have these figureheads, you have to talk about everything. Just because they die doesn't mean all the bad things get swept under the rug. Cause it's like, yeah, I'm sure the, how people are, have all these great memories. The people with the bad memories obviously all came out and talked about, you know, how, yeah, he's affected them, whether it's been with his words or what he's championed on his platform and pulled with his own power, you know? So it's been interesting. <laughs> I think I saw a lot, again, at least on Tumblr, of the conversation, like, um, immediately before the funeral, because uh, people were, like, commenting, like, yeah, you can be sad a person died, but also, you know, he had racist tendencies. And yeah. I saw a lot of people being like, well, he's not a Nazi because he fought Nazis in World War II. And it's like, you can be racist, but not a white supremacist. Like, those things yeah. are not the same like he was still racist regardless of if he fought white supremacy it was weird seeing people use that to like defend his like ignorance and racism it was quite odd and like i don't know too because again i feel like people were giving people that time to mourn but Mm -hmm. it was just so weird the press to see the press immediately jump down trying to defend that that wit as they wanted to call it you know what i mean it was like you guys are obviously thinking about it too but now you're trying to say like this is just like funny you know it's almost like they thought because he was dead everyone's like yeah we don't mean it but it's like they forget like he stepped back pretty much because he wouldn't shut his mouth and stop saying ignorant things you know what i mean it's just like philip never properly apologized for that yeah you know it was always just a joke I also feel like the whole I'm he wasn't a Nazi thing, so he's okay is like a steroided version of well, I don't say the N-word, so I'm not racist. Right. No, right. Yeah. Because it's, it's like, okay, so he wouldn't put minorities in concentration camps. That's the bar. That's yeah, the only right. thing you have to do. Right. It was like that was odd. And then even the like he was old. I remember Matt. Oh God, what is his name? Matt Hughes or something like that. He's the mental health advocate from like the UK. You know, like I think for all the British royal family, or I think yeah, the Cambridges and definitely the Sussex have worked with him and stuff like that. But and he's a big advocate. You know, he's talked out to support Megan and the Sussex, especially her mental health. But he had like posted something that was just like really cringe, and it was about how like you know my grandma you know, hid Jewish people during the Nazis to save them. And, you know, and she, you know, helped orphan children. But, you know, she also said ignorant things sometimes. But, like, that's not who she was. And, you know, you have to remember that about Philip. And it was very, like, white-splaining racism and using that, like, really hard crutch of, like, that's just how it was then. And it was just, like, so baffling to see that, narrative and to see that excuse trying to be displayed because it's like even in the 30s and the 40s and the the 80s there were white people who were allies and were speaking out against racism so there was always that choice and it's like philip had a huge platform i feel like people don't want to understand that it's like your grandma being racist isn't okay but it's like philip's not just your grandma he was he's a prince you know (laughs) he has a platform like yeah literally is living in castles and tax funded like you can't just and he again he brought his racism to work and he never apologized for it ever apologized for it so it's like why would people just excuse that you know i think it's just another reason why i even feel like i don't know the palace is like tone deaf i can't help but wonder if like 
they were okay. I'm sure okay, but helped push along those like pieces trying to excuse Philip's past. You know, it's like you just gotta. If anything, just don't talk about it. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like don't talk about it if you can't apologize or be on, be honest about it and like what it was. Because it's like not even anyone is saying like don't be sad, especially be sad for the queen and for his family. You know, but it's just like don't excuse it. And that's yeah. all. It's so weird seeing so many different outlets just try to like blatantly excuse it. And I think too with the Sunday Times article, it's just like so shocking seeing the what is it, Christina Clump? I forgot her name, but seeing her profile, you know what I mean? And seeing how she's like the foreign correspondent, and how she literally was the co author of the I am, um, oh gosh, what, I forgot her name. The, my, what is there, Mayala, M A Y. Oh, I am Malala. Thank you. And that book, it's like, wow, you've literally worked with a Southeast Asian woman. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you bluntly, and you chose a slitty-eyed comment to excuse and say, we thought it was funny. It was just so, you know what I mean? Just another example of just like, that like, even the people you think would know not to laugh at these things do. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I think, such a good point to like the anti-Asian stuff and then specifically Chinese but then the sexism and all of that think of how many people in the UK even Philip has othered and like shown different forms of prejudice against so he's supposed to be a public figure so that is why it's different than just like insert relative or friend here it's like he really has done the the bad side of intersectionality and like (laughs) taken from like and attacked all of these different groups and I think that that's important because the royal family theoretically I say theoretically like hard emphasis on that is supposed to represent <laughs> the entire UK and even the Commonwealth. Now yeah. that very doesn't happen, but yeah. we need to call it out that it doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's in, I mean, even like, okay, kind of like another aspect to the coverage I thought has been interesting it's like his marriage with the queen. I was don't know if like I even have a right to judge, you know, because like obviously they loved each other and had like a great companionship in some ways and different aspects. But it's just so weird, like seeing people like highlight that they met when she was 13, he was 18 and that they like wrote letters to one another until she was like 18 or until like, you know, they got engaged. I'm like, I would never let my 13-year-old daughter regularly text with an 18-year-old boy for seven years. Like, yeah. that's awkward. <laughs> it's yeah. so think, weird to see glamour, like, romanticized, you know it's what I such mean? Like like, a, and it's such, like, a Cinderella version of what royalty is. And it's, yeah. if royalty is going to be modern in, in some way, it has to be different than that. Like, I think of someone yeah. like... Uh, Claire from Luxembourg, who was like an incredibly intelligent, accomplished, like person, or even like Letizia from Spain, who was like a broadcaster, or Megan, or like all of these different people who had careers, mm-hmm. and then like met and fell in love. And it's not like they were just sitting in some castle waiting for like someday my prince will come kind yeah. of thing. Like I think 
that's it's nice for like two seconds the like fairy tale but it's not true and it's not a good message to send no and i think especially too when you like consider like all the very explosive rumors and somewhat somewhat confessions that happen in the kind of like beginning of their marriage of like him having affairs and i can't help but think of like i don't know i to me like like philip and elizabeth to me are like beyonce and jay-z like i respect it they like each other they're cute but i don't like it okay i think it's a little <laughs> weird i definitely judge aspects it's like the older guy cheats on the younger girl he got like cute fun you know what i mean and she like expect expects it in some way because it's just that's wild to me you know i mean like people like skipping over the fact why that philip is even a prince he is literally a prince because the queen didn't want him to testify in his like private secretary's divorce case because his wife cited adultery. And it was she and she knew that he would most likely get called to the stand because him and his bestie were going all over the Commonwealth and having their fun, you know? And it was just like, I don't know. Like, let's I don't know. There's like certain years you don't have to highlight. You know what I mean? I think like they definitely loved one another and were sweet, but it's just like I can't help but think of like the Queen's reign in the very beginning and how it just feels like a young girl who was kind of like I don't know, maybe getting like manipulated a bit by like older men. You know what I mean? Because of what the times were and what she had to lean on. And I can't help but think, like, you know what? Philip was a part of that sometimes. Like, I'm not saying he wasn't a good husband even then. But, like, he definitely wasn't a great husband. You know? I mean, like, there's, like, that one. I think it was the the singer that he was, like, rumored to have, like, an affair with that had some quotes saying, like, you know, I wish he wouldn't have came to my room instead of gone back to his pregnant wife. It's just, like, you know, Philip was a dog at one point. He was a <laughs> dog okay like he had charles charles traits okay and i mean even i think diana had said at one point that like he was okay with charles affair he would just like keep it secret you know what i mean and you two yeah. stay happy in the public so it's just like i don't know yeah philip i'm glad he seemed to really mature and be a great person to his family in the end but i mean he was a questionable figure at a lot of times okay and i feel like they show that in <laughs> the crown even though i mean the crown isn't yeah. supposed to be taken for full truth obviously but i think there is some truth to it because yeah not all of the storylines in there can be completely made up yeah and i thought they actually handled really well like even especially artistically how they kind of handled philip having the affair you know what i mean it wasn't yeah. explicitly i felt like really said it was just like you know yeah yeah almost like the rumors it was that thing in the background like ooh, there's a lot of little nuggets here mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? like really hard to ignore <laughs> but yeah it i don't know yeah <laughs> well see, i was just thinking about this one of the things i'm like it's kind of disappointing to me for all of the like bluntness that people and like political incorrectness or whatever that they give Philip. The fact that there's like no real like major stories or anything out there of him just like giving it to Andrew. I know. Right. Like, okay. That is he really weird. though? Or is like, yeah, like, I think with the most we've gotten about Philip and Andrew and like all the accusations against him is like, 
I don't know that he's like really passive about it. Like honestly, I feel like all we get is how the queen is like really protecting him, and Philip's just kind of like, right. I don't know. You know, <laughs> and that's I mean? just like, like this, the ambivalence about it is so weird to me because I I wouldn't the the image that they that not only that he portrayed but that sometimes his actions really indicate you would not think he would do that and so it's, it is really disappointing yeah yeah that's like a weird one and it's so true their i feel like their relationship is a mystery especially since accusate you know accusations in yeah. the last five years have came forward and gotten worse it's like we always hear about the queen which i think tells me that she's probably way more active in protecting him yeah, you know, but it's interesting. We don't hear much about Philip. I don't know. It's because like society naturally puts more pressure on the mother. You know what I mean? To like take the weight, you know, of the the child's like, you know, faults and everything. And because she's obviously taking an aggressive role in protecting him, or what? Or Philip? Yeah, is just kind of like going with what the queen wants to do and just doesn't really give a shit. It's like which is yeah. sad and gross and weird. I think the story we all were told was that the queen, like after that horrific interview he had, the queen was just like going to let things keep going. But then Charles and William were the ones who kind of were like, but it, and that to me jives with what probably happened because the queen, her time is limited. Uh, She just turned 95. So like, there's only so long she has. Birthday queen, but. (laughs) But like, uh, I, I, I don't think the monarchy is in any danger while she's alive. No, yeah. So, But the monarchy is already on shaky ground for when Charles is king and stuff like that. And obviously, Charles and William are looking out for their own future. And having Andrew there yeah. is like a needless, like, just weight down. Yeah. And so they were probably the ones who are like, listen, if you care about the future of the monarchy after, like, you die, like... He can't be here. Exactly. I feel like one thing with William and Charles I'm happy about is I know they I, there's a 99% chance they will not allow Andrew to, be, Andrew to ever be a working royal again. And thank goodness for that. I feel like yeah. that's the one call we can depend that they will make. Yeah. Thankfully. And I also think that I love that this is more proof that they are in more control than the queen right now. I love it. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm not, I don't love it, but I think like people, and especially you see the UK press always weighing how the queen wants this. And, and it's like, no, I don't think she actually is pulling the strings behind the scenes. I think maybe they go to her for like final approval. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like she's actually making the plans. I mean, even the recent news about the summit, you know what I mean, with William and Charles. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. more proof they're in control. <laughs> well, also, it ha- like, it makes sense that she wouldn't necessarily be yeah. in full control. I mean, like, have a tra- yeah. like somewhat of a transition kind of working behind the scenes because she is 95. So, like, you can't just keep having her just be like, she is going to be the monarch for a long period of yeah. time because you don't know. Yeah, and I think the issue, I think it shows too that they at least know that the queen still needs to be the face of the monarchy. Yeah, and I think that's probably yeah why we're seeing such a scramble, why we're seeing such so many hits against the Sussex and Meghan especially is just, they're just scrambling. I really think they're like, what are we gonna do? And not just because they don't really have the manpower right now, but like, how do we go on without the queen? I think more than ever they're probably seeing that like. Because of their own actions, but also where we are, you know what I mean, in 2021 as a society that, like, it's not going to be smooth. 
<laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? There's going to be a lot of opinions. Like, and can I you imagine the memes? <laughs> <laughs> and I do imagine it's probably more on the forefront of their minds now that Philip's gone. It's like probably oh more real to them that like, well, this the queen is getting happen. older too. And she's alone now. I don't know. Like it really like, honestly, like Philip passing away, like rest in peace. Um, but it really made me honestly sad about the queen. I don't know, like yeah. as much like I did. Yeah, I <sighs> I think that's where my emotions came in was more for her. She's gonna go soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the COVID, <laughs> the COVID stuff, how it made the funeral setting. It was like the the photos that came from that because they all had to sit with their households, and yeah. so the queen's yeah. household is literally just, just her. her. It was like so it was sad. really like. I, I think honestly a lot of reporters would have been better off just like not really writing much of an article at all and just putting that photo because yeah. Yeah. the story better than words can I know just like yeah it, it's like oh yeah that's like a lot to think about and that genuinely makes me sad you know and it's like yeah there's a lot there about the queen personally and just what she means and what she's done that's good and really bad for you know her country and others but it's like, yeah, I don't know the lady, but like, I really like her and she's so sweet and I'm going to be so sad. <laughs> and yeah. Like, and I'm going to be so sad for her family. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, it's going to be a lot. And, you know, of course, I'm like absolutely high key, like cheering for the monarchy to go down afterwards. Because <laughs> like, seriously, why in the 2021 would we have a monarchy in any country? You know what I mean? And especially if they're talking about cutting down their like patrons and their work, I'm seriously interested to see if there's going to be any calls for the taxes that they receive to be cut down to then. But anyways, yeah, I'm still going to be really sad about the queen, but I'm going to be very excited to see what most likely be, will be a rough transition for them. <laughs> but speaking, <laughs> speaking of her like sitting alone, it, it didn't really dawn on me while I watched it, but after, and I do kind of get, if they did kind of play it as like a PR kind of thing, having her completely by herself, because that is such a prominent photo now. Oh my God. I mean, it but would be in the history books. She arrived and left with her lady-in-waiting who has been in her bubble this entire year. Why, where? I, first of all, I'm like, where was she sitting the entire funeral? Because <laughs> yeah, she was there. Behind the scenes. And second, like, why couldn't she have sat with the queen? Because it feels like that at this point, that has to be like her best friend. So like, even yeah. just that comfort aspect of like having your best friend next to you as you bury her actual best friend of 70 something years. I think it's interesting. I think it's just proof that even at the funerals, man, this is still a job. This yes. is still PR. This is still public figures. You know, you got to get the shot. I mean, that son's photographer that was like literally in that pillar thing cut out that he was given permission by like, you know, Philip to be in there to get different shots for the funeral. Like, this is still a job, you know, even mm -hmm. as low key and like definitely small that was like, you know, which obviously also you think about the walk that happened everywhere, the walk that everyone saw around the world afterwards, you know, and I know like everyone's like, you know, that was like a decision right there that they were just going to go walk. Sure. I'll admit there's like 10% of me that wonders if that's totally true. And then it wasn't planned all right that they decided, Hey, let's just ditch the cars and walk, you know? really sweet moment everyone the cameras can get the photos of all of them walking together you know what i mean um yeah i don't know 
this is still a moment to get images across to evoke emotion and whether it's the queen sitting alone or people seeing the old trio back together i wouldn't be surprised if it was like acknowledged and talked about let's have this let's have yeah. this moment <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> that's what they hire some of these people for behind the scenes you know <laughs> i also one thing i thought about the funeral is it was to me needlessly and this is a press thing needlessly turned into a soap opera because all of the articles about the arranged like what order like where people are standing and where they're sitting and will they be able to handle it and all of that sort of thing and I wrote this in our show notes too like all of the body language analysis and crap like that okay I, I like I just connected this together we had like trying to forget about it but in january of 2017 donald trump was literally inaugurated the president and the person who lost to him sat behind him with her husband the former president the obamas were there everyone was there and no one was like are they going to be okay can they handle it right okay and they aren't related this is literal family like they yeah. can, and this is their job. They can be like mature adults for a funeral. Yes. I, and they all genuinely love Philip. Like we know yeah, that. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Like, uh, why would they disrespect him? And and whenever you think, think of any of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they go to that funeral thinking, oh, I'm still mad at my brother, so I've got to act like it. No, I think you're yes. like, we were both, we both just lost our grandfather, who was clearly a very important person in our lives. Mm. And it's this, it was so interesting too, like you said, the press turning into a soap opera because I mean the the press were pulling between you know giving some actually really great articles about Philip and his legacy, and then ones that were just like really over the top, and then the drama with Harry. Why is Megan gonna come? Is she not gonna come? Is she being shady by not coming? And then people trying to say, well, she traveled for her baby shower. When it's like, okay, we're gonna pretend like she isn't farther along and had a miscarriage and yeah. going to be forty soon. Okay, whatever. And then it was focused back on to like Harry, like you know, is he enjoying his time there? He's lonely or he's this. It was just like so massive. And then that moment happened and it's just like, it was nice to see it. Of course it was nice yeah. to see it. Like for me, I totally was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And all man, I like even said like, I have hope. I And I know, I knew it wasn't gonna be, be reality, but I had hope that, hey, maybe phone calls have made, been made and apologies have been made. You know what I mean? Because immediately it was like circulating through Twitter, like, oh, or in other social media platforms and even in the press and by some, just like passively even like, oh, see, without Megan there, it's all fine. And you know, this like othering of her, of course, and mm-hmm. causing her to be the issue. And I thought that was so annoying or how like people were saying even just like, you know, without Megan around, there's no tension and people are happy, but it's like, are we forgetting the Commonwealth ceremony? Megan, out of all of four of them, Megan and Edward were the only people who were acting right, okay? So don't tell me Megan's issue and why people are sour towards one another, because every single time she showed up to an event with that family, she has been nothing but smiles and friendliness, okay? Well, there's literally been times where all of them were just scowls on their face, you know? It was just, like, so annoying to see that. I'm like, honey, no. Megan is a professional first and foremost. Thank you very much, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, don't. And also, again, how infantile to the rest of them because I, I come back to all of those people had Trump like there and were able to like 
keep a professional face going. Yeah. If we're saying that Megan being there, her mere presence is going to like tailspin everything. How yeah. fragile are those people? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like the power of this woman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just crazy. And I think, too, what bothered me, like, genuinely bothered me was people being like, oh, they must have, like, had a moment and they apologized. And me even thinking, like, I don't know, Harry, maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't, but hoping he wouldn't. That, like, how can you just think that, like, if only Harry gets an apology or whatever, that everything would be okay right. when the main person who was being attacked was Megan? Like, that's so, yeah. it's like. That was, like, why I remember seeing a couple comments. I just had it cracked. Like, you know, let's hope this means actually, you know, forgiveness has been made on everyone's part. You know, that they someone's actually picked up the phone and finally called Megan. Because if you're only talking to Harry and only forgiving him, then you haven't, this isn't over. You right. know, Megan is a huge factor of this. And it's, it's just so annoying to continue for people to try to do the other. And it's like, and I even like the trio, but that's the only time when I kind of, like, cringe about it. Because I know it's just, like, this flurry of, like, anti-megan stuff that just yeah. like, isn't true <laughs> yeah that was that was and it was i was glad they had it and i think too it was just i saw someone say like it's also a sign that like you know harry's made peace with his decision mm-hmm. and i really like that and i do think that's true because you know i don't think harry would ever pull anything at phil's funeral period that was his grandfather they were right. close so anyone thinking he was gonna like come in like puppy the lone wolf <laughs> and be all by himself i'm like that's ridiculous you know but i think like yeah that's generally a guy too who did look at peace with his decision and just there you know to be with his grandma his say goodbye to his grandfather and to be with his family too and i think people forget like harry does have family there outside of just kate William and Charles, you know, yeah. Eugenie is there, and like they're very close, obviously. I mean, they Eugenie and Jack are staying in Frogmore as far as they are, were, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of family there, and his grandma, like, I can only imagine how much he wanted to be with his grandma the moment they found out that news, you know, yeah. like, oh, I would just want to be with my grandma, <laughs> and especially <laughs> after, like, in their interview with Oprah, they said they've talked to the queen more yes. than they ever have. So I'm sure, like, being far away and getting that news was, like, I can't get there fast enough. Exactly. Like, get there fast enough. And I was, like, really sad to to hear from, like, you know, obviously, their people. I think we can all know that was definitely their people, you know, talking to the media that, like, Megan wanted to be there, you know? And I think that seems, too, like, I don't know. I do think that says a lot about how much she had a relationship, I think, with Philip and Elizabeth, that she would even want to, that pregnant, period, travel, do that kind of traveling. Um, because it's like, they're on the West Coast. That is not a, that's, that's a 12-hour trip now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And during COVID still. Exactly. And during COVID. And to go back to an environment that was hell for her. Yeah. Absolute hell. So I'm yeah. just like, I'm glad because, she didn't go. But yeah. also, think of it, if she could go, the media would be like, oh, she's just going because oh she wants God. attention. That Like, she she would not. They did that with her no damn flowers. Uh, it was I like, she yeah, wants yeah. attention. I'm like, it's their flowers. Well, and I was telling someone, too, uh, yes, oh, my gosh, the flowers and the reef. Because actually, it was funny. I was having, a, like, a really actually great do- dialogue with someone the other day on my account, on my IG account for Megan about like the flowers and just PR in general with the palace and with the Sussex and the back and forth that they've had. And they were saying like the flowers that like 
you know, what about the flowers? They leaked it in the middle of funeral. And I was like, no, that was, they leaked. It wasn't pregnant. It wasn't leaked because her spokesperson literally went out and said, this is what happened. I was like, that's one thing about like the Sussex, even with their leaks, they feel like they're pretty open about it. Mm-hmm. That like, hey, their team is talking unofficially to the media, which I like. And they're very official about it when they are. So it's like, Yes, they announced it before, not during, before the funeral that Megan's at the reef and the no. And it's like, why shouldn't they? You know, Megan is still a part of that family. Yeah. Megan was close to Philip. She was close to the queen. She absolutely paid her respects. It's like, don't try to continue to erase her. And frankly, I love that her team put that out there, you know? And it's just like, they, and I mean, people are going to wonder where the reef was from. <laughs> Look, that reef was beautiful. And it definitely yeah. stood out. You know what I mean? It was gorgeous. And I, love the sentiment behind it you know what i mean yeah. i love the detail that was put yeah. into it which she Megan. always thinks of all the little details and when i saw that i was like of course megan thought of every yeah. flower where i would have just been like white flowers is fine whichever <laughs> ones you pick i don't know anything you know, about them like patting around just patting around the house like oh my gosh i can't be there so i've got to do something yeah. and like you get this gorgeous rave i can't even imagine what the note said also did you see the note with a little little bit on it like when yeah. um queen elizabeth oh my god that's so that got, that me. Reminded that got me. me yeah that got me because then it also made me think of like when they had diana's funeral and william and harry had the letter on hers and i was like oh that's just too much it was it was too much oh my gosh that was those are sweet moments yeah but it is it's also funny too what people like in terms of pr and what they don't like in terms of pr you know like i said like i'm glad that you know that megan's presence was still felt there because she is a part of the family and she was close to phil just like we obviously not only saw but massively felt the presence of every single member that was there and that was connected to philip it's just like let them all grieve and let them all be a part of that you know, yeah. but some people also hate it. But hey, whatever. That's that that is PR, and that's what I said. Yeah, even with the funeral, it's like it's still PR in some way. I mean, look at what Andrew tried to do, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, really quickly on the wreath, but I also think about it as like, even if she was a royal but not part of that family, all the other royals in other countries sent wreaths and they yes. had them laying out on the lawn in front of Windsor. And so they it's told really, the media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I saw some people were like, knew which wreath was from which country. And I'm like, okay, so if we're going to point out those, why shouldn't Megan's exactly. uh, people be like, this is the wreath she sent. It's her grandfather-in-law and her in-laws. So like, Exactly. I mean, can you imagine if they, if, like, they didn't think she did anything to pay respect? Exactly. Oh, my God. It would be like she is evil. You know what I mean? Right? I don't know, like, something weird She didn't like come. That. She didn't send anything. She doesn't care. That's exactly. what the message would be. It's just, like, it's weird. It's almost feel like people get even more angry when the things that she does are, like, sweet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, even worse for them. They're like, yeah, <laughs> this is good. <laughs> don't you wish you could, like, show people like the alternates because you'll be like oh what would you want her to do and they'll say something and don't you wish you could show them like kind of it's a wonderful lifestyle show them that, yeah. s- that <laughs> scenario and be like no you would still hate it like right. yeah you, you would hate still her. hate it you would still hate it i mean and too and like even to this day seeing the conversation around just like the kate cry story and making correcting it people like 
oh no, Megan like did that and went out of her way to just correct the truth and be respectful towards Kate. And you'd be like, that wasn't respectful. She said it. She just said it in general, you know, and like someone was saying that, like, you know, and she left it so brief and way too open. You know what I mean? We don't even know what really happened. I'm like, did you really? But if she would have gone into detail, it would have been an issue. And it would have seemed yeah. catty. You know what I mean? She made it clear. Kate did not cry. I did. She corrected it. It's cool. Let's move on. But they never publicly corrected it. It's yeah. It still baffles me to this day that that's like even a debate. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like thinking of like Palace like leaks and media since in response to the Oprah interview is just like the constant, which seems to be like really coming from them. That Williams pissed that Megan corrected that story that he's mm-hmm. pissed that she even brought it up which is just like so annoying because like so you're so for one you're they're not denying it's true which right. is like, thank you for letting me know this is a fact yeah you can't even deny it's not true and you're mad because she spoke the truth and like this is the issue William okay so we're back sorry everyone little technical glitch there <laughs> but we're all back and we're taking this opportunity to kind of go to some of the other things we wanted to talk about. Because while we were talking about Philip and his legacy and the whole family thing, we also, there were some other royal things, because when are there not royal things going on <laughs> that we wanted to talk about? And so the first thing that I had highlighted, just because I get notifications of royal tweets on my phone. And I woke up to this notification or I like got this notification and it really irked Fun. me. <laughs> it just like, I, I, I got like, I, I saw red a little bit and it's going to seem so little, but that's why it made me so mad. So William, who is the president of the football association, AKA soccer for all of us, all of your American <laughs> listeners out there. Um, he decided to weigh in on this Super League situation, which if you don't know what's going on with that, basically for soccer in Europe, there's a bunch of leagues. There's not like one. There isn't the NFL or the NBA. There's a bunch of leagues in like the different areas. And they're all like kind of similar where they have some really dominant teams and then some not as good teams, but they're all very similarly competitive. So all of the like legacy powerhouses in the different leagues, kind of basically had their own, I don't know if it was a coup or like stage <laughs> walkout. Together. It sounded like a coup. Mm-hmm. I know, right? Where they're all like, we're going to like buy, we're all going to do our own super league with like Real Madrid was in it. Some of the Italian leagues and some of the Italian teams. And then of course, like uh, Man United, Liverpool, Manchester City, like all of your big ones. I'm not a soccer expert, but that's like the the very abbreviated version of what happened. And a lot of people were very unhappy just because it kind of decimated all of the leagues that they were coming from. It kind of defeats a lot of the point of a lot of those leagues and just kind of seems to violate some of the like I can I can see where people were upset. What I don't yeah. understand is given because it was pretty widespread anger what i don't yeah. understand is given all of that widespread anger why it was actually necessary for william to re- weigh in on this this wasn't a human rights violation <laughs> this no is soccer like and i get that he has some role in all of that but also it is pulling teeth to get him to do anything with women's soccer 
pulling. Oh my gosh. And he is on it with this one. He's like a holding meetings right or something. And it's not even just like like I can't okay. I've I've resigned myself to the fact that he's going to attend more men's soccer than women. But attending yeah. is at least kind of just a, a you're there sort of thing. It's mm-hmm. not controversial yeah. in any ways. This is him like expressing an opinion and like weighing in on stuff. And that's a big yeah. deal in the royal family. And the fact that first of all, it was 2 days after Philip's funeral. So Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And but honestly, he's not getting heat for that. Yeah. I and that I was like he should get I think he should get heat for that because honestly that's one of those things where first of all if Megan, I think if Harry, I think if pretty much anyone. If Harry, yeah. I, Kate I, even, yeah. I think most people besides William. Yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> yeah. Would have gotten heat for it. And honestly, I might have agreed with it because it's like two yeah. days after we're weighing in on soccer. Read the room. Yeah. Like the yeah. topics, like the engagement today. Okay. I get it. Like the Duke of, you know, like you get yeah. the connection here and why right. it's passed. So it's like. They're technically still in morning time, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, so yeah. And also, he could have like, t- like said, okay, if it's still a thing, I can weigh in like in a week or so. Yeah. Time has passed, and then he would have waited, and enough of an outcry happened that he didn't need <laughs> yeah. to weigh in. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. Exactly. He like truly did it. <laughs> and then, but then it is the juxtaposition of like all of the things he like allegedly couldn't talk about with like Megan and all of the harassment and racism and like insert yeah. all of the cruel things that happened to her that he allegedly couldn't because you have Talk to be about. silent about this stuff. Can't have that. an opinion. It's too political. And this is literally political too. This is like what's driving me just like nuts yeah. about that day. It's and literally get, political too. I get this is Kate and not William, but William is the president of BAFTA and I still don't understand why Kate couldn't wear black that one year. Yeah, it's like so we have all of these things and it just feels so like okay we can stand up for soccer like that's where we're gonna that like we're gonna let ourselves get rolled over on on everything else but damn it soccer we are not (laughs) we're not gonna take it like huh yeah (laughs) and well that's what's baffling because you're like when you like map it out, it's like, what have they stood up for and what they haven't, or what have they sent signals that I fully support? And I will, I will put my neck out there for this. You know what I mean? And it was just like the BAFTA one will always be shocking. And especially, and not just on Kate, but also, yeah, because on William too, he's the president, you know, and he is like, like, what are we doing here? And the thing with the BAFTA, like, Listen, I, I like you can have your issues with like wearing black and is that really doing anything like there's all those discussions to be had. But Kate, like other people who didn't wear black had like things to say. Yeah, like nothing. literally nothing to say, nothing. And it just it felt very tone deaf to not have some kind of something like if she wore yeah. green. But like, listen, tonight I want to celebrate women and this, that and the other and so Put I'm wearing green for this reason because a lot of people like filled in the blanks of like, yeah. oh, like this was for suffrage or something like that. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I did, I read in one article that that color was the color for women's suffrage in the UK. I'm like, but 
we don't know that. That's what it's like. If Nothing just, was given to us. If if she if there was a press release or something, because like I, that feels very like forced by the press to be like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was like, like, that would, like. We can't be like she did nothing. So yeah, because, because it just, wasn't even like an insider told us green for this. It was more just like well, green doesn't mean this in the UK. And I don't know, and like if an insider had, so I would like, okay, they're like letting us know something. Yeah. But it was, like, it was a nothing. leak. Yeah. It was don't absolutely think, nothing. Don't we think those green jewels were like potentially gifts from like Saudi Arabian royals and like, yes. So. I know, because I was just actually like, because today, um, um, defending, what was our, in Kate's defense, we were talking about like, um, like the D and G thing, and someone had sent her like, "Well, what about Megan and her blood diamonds?" And they were talking about, you know, the diamonds that she had gotten. And I'm like, it's so funny that this is still turned into that for people because, like, we there are so many gifts that have blood on their hands, but we just don't know because the palace hasn't told us. Which just continues to show how nasty of an attack that was. Because mm-hmm. even like weeks after the fact, that is still coming by people like she wore blood diamonds, thinking like she's somehow unique in that. At all. I'm like, oh, honey. Oh, honey. Wait till you see some of the crowns that go on Kate's head, okay, (laughs) when she becomes queen. We'll talk about some blood diamonds, okay? Like, come on. Like, it's just so fascinating. I see why they get, like, the Sussex camp gets so enraged, you know? Like, this is some serious stuff they're putting on her. And, like, what you said, too, about, like, the clothing, like, the debate, like, you know, whether wearing black will do anything or not. And I think the thing with Kate, too, is, like, in her position, wearing black is doing something that is literally her taking action for her position i think it's like people will literally give her that room and understand hey she can't like make a big speech probably she can't do that maybe because it's yeah she's just not comfortable with but that would be her taking action and be perfectly fit in with her role and she didn't do it you know and it was just that'll always be baffling to me and it'll always be baffling yeah and just go along that william obviously i would say was a part of that decision because i mean yeah he could yeah. push for that you know what i mean and then yeah the stuff with football because like i've seen a couple of football players come out too and just say not only with william but just in general like wow can you imagine if we got this kind of action when it came to the racism in football you yeah. know what i mean well, if teams are being kicked out you know if they were racist or yeah. anti-semitic you know what i mean like just towards other players like it's crazy well this this tweet got me thinking because didn't like a few days after the oprah interview didn't william tweet about how there's no place for racism in football too yeah and it was like the whole like you've got to take it out from the workplace and the inside out and people are like this is very pointed a couple days after an interview and it, it was like a couple i can't remember if that came before or after his comment of no we're not a racist family it's like can you just for once think before you type or speak i know like he was like really like a vague like who made the skin color comment and then he really was like i'm gonna put myself in first place yeah who made the comment you know because he just was like so loud and foul about it i'm sorry but it was just like what are you doing and i will give charles only one thing here is that he knows when to sit back and shut up Okay, and he just let his son do his thing and let him just, like, go in the background. Because other people were like, well, he couldn't ignore the press. I'm like, do you know how often they ignore questions from the press? He didn't have to answer that. He also has a mask over his face, so it would have been much easier to be like, I didn't hear that. I'm talking to this person. Right. Or do literally what Kate did. Just walk. 
Yeah, they do that every single engagement because if you don't think they get shouted random questions all the time, I guarantee you at some random engagement somewhere, he like like maybe the engagement today he got asked his opinion on Dogecoin or something random like that. Yeah, he ain't stopping to give his opinion on that. Like no, exactly. It was like people. Yeah, and that's what was so grimy about. He's He's upset for his family. He's being honoring his family. No, he's not. Like, no, he's not. Like, William, I am sorry. And this is my opinion, but whatever. He is, his ego is wounded. Okay. His ego is wounded. And that is what wrong. And I fully believe that he's upset that Kate, that Megan brought up the Kate Christar. And he's, and I don't know if Kate's upset, but I think he's upset because of like the whole image thing. And that just like pisses me off because once again, he doesn't understand the real issue and the image and the Cameron's image seems to be more important than anything else. And it's so frustrating because it doesn't even make Kate look bad. If anything, yeah. they could easily spin that story as, hey, she just had a baby. Okay. She is human too. She had a bad moment. She made up for it. Like they could literally spin this as, Kate's like you too. Like, yeah, they don't even too. need to do like, that because Megan did it for them. Yeah, exactly. She, she was Literally. like, I understand. Like the only thing she was mad about was like the fact that the story got out wrong and no one was willing to correct it. Exactly. But she was and not she didn't even blame Kate for that either. No, she you know and she I had mean? no she harboring like any anything for Kate because she understood. And so it's like, I the, the weird. I was thinking about with like the soccer thing that I think I just want to kind of point, put this out there. Cause I think it kind of is going to relate to some of the D and G stuff we talk about later. It is really rich that I guess pun intended that FIFA is acting like all indignant and stuff about the super league and all of the teams and what they're doing and stuff like that. When they literally like accepted a big payout from cutter to host the World Cup there, and they're like, you know, oh. we will just overlook everything about Qatar because they right. gave us money. It's- well, exactly, exactly. The capitalism factor too is what I find kind of shocking too that William's even speaking on it. You know what I mean? Like this is a money issue yeah. too. It's kind of interesting that like he's throwing his power and weight around. Yeah, when it comes to people who may win or lose money, because it makes me wonder too. Like, is there anyone connected here that's to him that's losing money? You know what I mean? Because well, I want to, you know, I didn't think about those things. You know, like, what, what are, why? Why? There's a lot of it, things here. That I have, of- like, a conspiracy. I don't, like, want to say too much theory. <laughs> because he's a fan of Aston Villa. And you ask most mm-hmm. people, and it doesn't really make sense. And, <laughs> like, he has tried to explain it as, like, he wanted to root for, like, not the popular team or whatever. <laughs> But you kind of get the idea that he maybe might have, like, some connection yeah. to the team. Yeah. And Aston yeah. Vila was very not in the Super League. So it kind of does, like, fit together. Like, again, Tim yes. hat. I know this is a little conspiracy theory, so I'm not saying. <laughs> not as sh- Honestly, like you said, if it was any one of them, I think anyone would be like, why? what's going on here what do you have in this if it was kate if it was megan if it was harry i'd be like why are you speaking on this it yeah. genuinely feels like not your place as a royal you know what I mean? like yeah it's so what weird. do you benefit from here you know what I mean? because no one was asking for his opinion too like let's be right. real so you i didn't get the like- question <laughs> exactly um, like hmm. and hmm. i think like the racism in football and like the other stuff that he talked about, people might have an issue with um, people definitely had an issue with what he said, 
But I think the, the yeah. big difference about this one, it's like that he said anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude. And without anyone pressuring him to. Yeah. <laughs> no one had to pressure him to. No one. He just did it. It's yeah. just, it's odd. And it seems like very aggressive, too, that he's going to be aggressive about this, which I think is interesting. Like, he's spoken about it more than once, I think. You know what I mean? So it's just like, in like two days, I'm just like, wow, so this isn't going to be a one-off. This is what you're going to choose to go hard for. Like, and isn't okay. it, because he signs the tweet W to be like, it's personal tweets from yeah. him? Yeah. Has he ever done that for anything that isn't soccer related? I, I don't can't remember. So. Like, I don't think so on, I'm going to look quickly right now because i don't think for that one Um, yeah like i was because i remember him tweeting about like games and stuff and like signing those w and yeah even there was there was actually a few times after a lot of prodding that he tweeted like personally congratulations to the woman and stuff like that but i'm not remembering any personal tweet that wasn't like soccer related and that honestly yeah, that a little bit. Yeah, because there's not a lot of W tweets from him that yeah you get about that. It's or at least yeah when it comes yeah in terms of like football or anything like that. So yeah, I'm not. I I think it might be all of the, his tweets, but if at very least, I'm gonna say it's like over ninety percent. Yeah, of his like personal tweets are soccer related, and that is kind of a thing like that ain't cool yeah because they don't do personal tweets all that often to begin with yeah like yeah you don't really see kate do that with wimbledon no i was gonna say have we ever seen kate have a tweet and let's be honest if she did that for wimbledon it's way less risky because like there are politics behind Wimbledon but not even remotely to the extent of soccer right which that's a pretty high bar yeah soccer politics in Europe it's just absolutely insane but it's I know it's so which I think is do it's just like so sad to see the players you know saying like you could literally ban teams or suspend teams when they're making racist comments or allowing their fans to and you will not do it because of money but now you're like, we'll ban some people. We'll do this because you're going to take from us. It's just wild. I don't yeah. know. Like, I mean, like, football culture, I feel like my biggest experience with football culture in Europe is that Green Street Hooligans movie. Do you guys remember that one with yeah. Charlie Hunnam in it? Oh, my God. I used to, literally, there was an entire summer I watched it every single day because I was obsessed <laughs> with Charlie Hunnam and it was such a good movie. <laughs> It's like my crash course in European football. And it's intense, man. It's just like for me, like I can't imagine what a deep dive on that. That's probably actually what I'm gonna watch tonight on YouTube. Is a deep dive <laughs> on European football because it's just madness everywhere. Like my well, God. I mean, like, this is on top for, of it. For World Cup and stuff, not necessarily in Europe, but I know like Brazil and stuff like that. If the t- country team like disappoints, that the players like legitimately fear for their safety. Yes. <laughs> like that is like a thing. Like that's terrifying. That's I just insanity. don't know a lot of sanity like that. Yeah. And it seems like this is like multiple countries kind of have this issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yikes like big yikes the coaches too we'll talk about that like getting threats and you know can't say where they are their location and stuff like that it's yeah it's interesting to see this i mean yeah i'm interested in too though just to see how hard he'll go with it 
are we gonna go beyond tweets? Because it's just like, if you do, man. And I think, that, yeah, like I said, I think he said he was gonna do meetings or something. And I'm just like, that's more than you did with your BAFTA promises <laughs> a couple two years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, you're on this one, aren't you? And I wonder if anyone will, you know, have the, you know, want to ask that question in the UK media instead of just praising him for it. But of course not. But I mean, I can only hold out hope. Someone's gonna be like, why does William care about this? <laughs> yeah, the things, especially after his grandpa's death. Why is this what he's immediately jumping on? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That felt no like one else would the be weirdest this. part. Yeah, exactly. Because I just can't imagine anyone else who would be allowed to do this in the royal family and get away with it. Like maybe Charles, and that's it. Well, but I'm just like, this is wild. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like where I would be. I, I can't. I think I'd always have some level of an issue with it, just because it seems so stupid for a royal to get involved in this. But yeah. if it was like right in the middle, which I guess maybe it wouldn't happen then. But if it was right in the middle of like covid last year and there was like literally nothing going on besides that i'm like well he just wants to be seen he's bored yeah, yeah. I, I, it wouldn't make it great but i would at yeah. least like kind of wrap my head but like dude your grandfather just died and like you clearly spent a lot of time more time than like i don't know say reading your notes before a trip to a foreign country that's like your job but like oh gosh is willingness to admit that too man <laughs> yeah this william i was thinking about this earlier there's that saying like better to be silent and thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt and William yes. doesn't know he's a fool so he can't open his mouth I know people are always like man I want like I wish William would be king next I'm like honestly I don't know if William's ego can handle the memes that will come out about that man because when he <laughs> speaks he's given a platform it hurts it just hurts I, I'm just, like, fully stop. convinced the people who want William to be king don't actually want him to be king they want Kate to be queen Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's like that I can understand because Kate can actually like hold herself up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, Kate, and like, and this is what's interesting. Okay. This is, I think, the first time it's ever being questioned. But Kate is, she reminds me of the classic mystique the royal family has always been able to have, like we've seen with Elizabeth and stuff like that. Even like we saw with Diana, even though she wasn't in any way traditional about hers, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I guess, so. no, more like I would say like I'm Elizabeth and Margaret and stuff. But I don't think that translates as well in today's, you know, society, which is why I think this is the first time we're seeing people kind of saying like, who is Kate? Like, do mm -hmm. we know Kate? Because there was that really great article on Vogue, um, I think like last week or something about like, why do we have to choose between Megan or Kate? You know what I mean? It was just talking about the rivalry and the narrative and the misogyny and so forth and everything but I don't know I think that pointed that out really well and and it just kind of talked about like there's a mistake there but at some point it's like do we know her so but even then I think Kate can walk that tightrope so well you know mm -hmm. what I mean and I have to give her credit and her team but honestly I think it's more her I think she knows how to show just enough and then reel it back really well like even like the baby um the mommy podcast she went on you know I was just about to say that podcast right? was really good it was really good and it's like and she wants to get I feel like she inched that up a level where I'm gonna get more personal, but you're still not gonna like get a lot. But yeah. she still gave us nuggets where it's like, oh my gosh, this is yeah, you know, like this is personal. <laughs> this is 
actually personal, you know? So I like that. And it's like, William doesn't do that. I don't know. William doesn't do it. I feel like we get what we get with him in the mystery. And I think one thing too, is like when you have to have that mystery about yourself is the importance is people want to solve that mystery because they're excited to get to know you. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I don't think people are really excited to get to know William. Oh, you know what I mean? People think, <laughs> like are like, confusing the pa- fact that, I, and I've seen I've seen this description before, but he's kind of the human embodiment of the color beige. <laughs> like he's just so boring. Yeah, like, and that's he's on just... his best days. On his best days, he's boring. And exactly, yeah. I think he just takes t- after too much of Charles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so well, because that's what's funny. I'm like, what is William? I don't know William's true personality either. You know what I mean? But again, it's like, I don't really want to. Well, Kate, I want to. You know what I mean? And like, even like Charles, I'm just like, I want to ask him questions just to judge him even more. (laughs) But it's like, still, I want to know more. Yeah. He's got a little swag, you know what I mean? Every now and again. And even like Philip did and stuff. William does not. William has William to me is like this generation's like Edward. Yes, yeah. So true. Like, Only one cool. Charles, you know what I mean? I mean yeah. It's so in Edward. That's so true. And I'm just like, it's not working, man. And it's not working now because it's coming. He is literally showing the world more and more that he is a very privileged white man who does not want to get past that privilege and does not want to unpack things if it makes him uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or threatens him and his just livelihood or his thoughts or his beliefs in any way. And it's like, that's not cute. And you know. And yeah, that's what it's, it's just like funny with that. And I think the biggest thing I'm interested with the camera just is just honestly Kate's journey. Because I think she's going to be the next rock pretty much of the monarchy, mm-hmm. especially after the queen passes. Um, and I'm fascinated by Kate because I think she actually plays a really great game. And mm-hmm. I know people don't like to think of Kate as playing a game ever. You know what I mean? Or anything yeah. about her being... PR, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like a bad word to say about Kate, but it is. And I think she plays it excellent. You know what I mean? I gotta say, because especially because you can never really track anything to her, but there's all of these, like, Catherine the Great articles or the Peacekeeper articles that have been going on pretty much since they left, I would say. And then, I mean, there was, like, one that dropped by Camilla Tomney, like, I think the day before the funeral about her being the peacekeeper for the brothers and she'll be there for them and then it, like, happened and stuff. It's really smart PR. Like, her team and I think her are doing a really good job and but they also obviously have their faults, like, today. Like, you know what I mean? With the Dolce & Gabbana choice, you know? I think we should transition to that. That's a good transition. please. Yes, because that that was... Like I said, in general, we're wearing Dolce Cabana in 2021 is just like shocking to me, and it's shocking seeing anyone do it. It'll always be shocking even more with Kate because she's such a smart dress- dresser with her diplomacy. Yeah. Diplomacy. Oh, sorry, I can't talk. But um, and I said this in a group chat today, and I kind of like killed the chat for a second in a row group <laughs> chat when I said this because. So instead, like, she wore the queen's earrings. It's a birthday. That's so sweet. I was like, I do love that message. It's so sweet. Yeah. But I just really hate the message that she's sending when she wears D&G, though. And obviously, people don't really like that. But it's true. If we can notice that message, why can't we look and say, what message are we sending here? Because, like, I mean, I remember even the first day of Black History Month in the UK, they, um, they did a video. Maybe it was the second day. 
and Kate wore her, wore her Dolce & Gabbana outfit, the yellow dress. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, you're being sensitive. But like, I have that like, girl, girl, really? You're going to wear this super racist brand? Like the first day of Black History Month? And then, and then the fact they never even recognized Black History Month too. I was really just like, at the end of the month, was just like thought back on that. And like, ew. And again, it's like with her, it's like either they're ignorant or they just don't care. And at this point, the whole ignorant thing, I just can't, I don't believe. Yeah. Who doesn't know Dolce & Gabbana is problematic? If you're ignorant, like, it's a willful ignorance. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, and it just tells well, a girl, your tolerance for this is high. I don't like it. I don't well, like okay. it. <laughs> and she definitely wasn't ignorant of D&G because here's the thing. She had worn Marquesa, like, Like she had never worn Marquesa, and then like Mm -hmm. twice in a pretty short span, she wore Marquesa, and then the whole Harvey Weinstein came out, which isn't even like he financed some of Marquesa, but it was his now ex-wife's and her partner, her business that they pushed on people, that they pushed on people, but he wasn't actually like it wasn't his brand. It wasn't his brand. Yeah. I would say it's it's hard to do the whole comparison thing, but I think less problematic than DNG. Maybe yeah. not so great. And she and I predicted it, and sure enough, like nothing. Drop. She hasn't yeah, yeah. anything. And it's exactly. like you can do the same, and especially, especially, especially a basic ass black coat. <laughs> she has fifteen million of those. She has. So many. And it did not fit great. It, it didn't was just, fit uh, good at it, all. I don't think it's been tailored since she, you know, was, I think she wore one when she was pregnant she, with Louise. Yeah. yeah, it hasn't been. I'm like, girl, what was this choice? And that's what is so weird to me is like, what is the message here? Because I just can't help but think there were so many other quotes. What is the message here? And in light with everything happening with Philip and his comments, I'm just like, What's happening here? You know what I mean? With anti-Asian hate crimes up, especially in the UK. I saw one graphic because, like, that was, like, like 175%. It's like, why are you this tone deaf at this point? The royal family is being called racist, and you're wearing Mm -hmm. racism. Like, we just, what is happening here? Like, there's just no more excuses for this. I'm just constantly shocked no one on her team has decided to show that she cares. And the you struggle know. for me too that's always been because there are some other brands who have like scandals not near like D and G is truly in a class of their own. Like, yeah, it ain't even close. But it is very clear to me that people, it, like the public, has stopped buying the, the public who can afford Dolce and Gabbana has stopped buying them as much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because it used to be a status symbol to wear Dolce and Gabbana. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, hey, I'm a racist. And so yeah. that clearly was impacting their business. And they've clearly started paying people. Because I'm like, if you looked at the Grammy red carpet. Oh, my God. It was Everyone. like one of the most worn designers on the Grammy red carpet. And it's so clear because. Not everyone on these award show red carpets, but some people get paid to wear certain brands. Yeah. Like an advert, like walking billboard kind of thing. Yeah. Or they can get it free from them or something. You know what I mean? A loan or something. Hey, I'll give it to you on loan then. But when all of the people are suddenly wearing Dolce and Gabbana, like money was exchanged. And so people can be bought to not care about racism and uh, like legitimize and help bring back and resurrect. A racist brand and that's what I think the thing for Kate too is like there's some other brands that have like like I said some issues 
Yeah. But they aren't also on their like deathbed. DNG is way more racist and like clearly struggling uh, to yes. like stay afloat. Why are you giving them relevance? Exactly. And they're so unapologetic about their ignorance too, which is like baffling. Cause I was actually looking it up and like, because so, and I even had thought this like, okay, well she like Kate hasn't worn at least any like new Dolce and Cabana since they started having really bad controversies. And I was mm-hmm. looking that up and I was like wrong, actually. I totally forgot. I think they said like in 2016, one of their first like big ones that kind of got big on social media was they said down sandals down the runway called slave sandals. I think it was like two, maybe it was like four months later. Um, Kate wore the green, yeah, bespoke Dolce and Gabbana, and then and it was in two thousand seventeen. Wait, let me look real quick. What did they say? So in two thousand sixteen, they okay, and then two thousand seventeen. That was when they made it really loud and clear that they were supporting. Of Melanie Trump and the Trump administration and their ethics. And then she wore them to Wimbledon, a new dress. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, Kate. So she didn't stop wearing new Dolce until 2018, finally. Yeah. And that was after they straight up said that they would never hire any Japanese designers, that they shit on China. And they literally got banned from China. Like, literally. And then she hasn't worn anything new by then. But she continues to repeat them at least, I would say, like a couple times a year. So I wonder too, is, is does the Silas have a connection there? You know what I mean? Is there like something going on here? I don't know if it's just, I don't care or uh, I don't know. It's just either way, there's no excuse for it, but it's just baffling it is, to me. It's, your green dress point, it makes it, it kind of brings something up for me. It is a really active choice because it's not as if she's just going to Net-A-Porte and just like, click buy yeah she is yeah. actively commissioning because most dng looks you don't look at them and be like well there's a kate outfit if i've ever seen one yeah. like she has to get them bespoke was, yeah that was a bespoke yeah that was that was commissioned and then they made literally a dress called like the kate dress based off of that one in different colors so yeah it's really interesting again i don't know if like maybe one of her stylists or one of her shoppers has a connection there or something i mean they're entranced in like the aristocracy scene you know what yeah. i mean lady kitty spencer um the gosh i forgot the other girl's name like her bestie like a lot of them are spokespersons for them they're really in that world you know so and it's just sad though because it's just like there's another, because like you said, there are brands with other problems. And I will say, too, another big one, Dolce & Cabana, they're suing Diet Prada right now. That's a big problem for me, too. You're wearing a brand that is literally suing an Instagram blog for reporting their DMs, threatening yeah. and being racist towards someone. Just please do not give them a platform. But you know what I mean? But thinking of other brands that are problematic, you think of, like, Gucci. Megan's wearing Gucci. I don't like Gucci. I will say they have taken they've taken steps they have actually taken steps we'll see though they're a very big we'll see for me um and then i remember you know when people start talking about that because i started talking on my instagram and a couple others a lot of what about it about what about what about came around and it's like what i thought was funny though is the ones i saw about megan weren't even accurate like um someone was saying something about mcqueen like megan Kath was showing me and like not mcqueen um Alexandra Wang, who you know has been accused of heinous yeah. sexual assault crimes. 
And I was like, she wore Alexander Wang in 2017. Those accusations didn't come out until 2020. So it's like, unless you have proof that somehow Megan knew about this and still wore right. it and didn't care in 2017, that is not relevant. And then there was Everlane. They got, they totally got outed during just, you know, last summer and stuff for being mm-hmm. racist. I haven't seen her wear them since. I think they were actually taking the steps to the correct that. So let's hope. I really hope I never see Megan wear Reformation again. That's a brand I really hope I never see on her again. Even a rewear. Because, like, what they got exposed for with their racism and anti-blackness. And they've not really taken any steps to correct it. But I think we all know the biggest one, which I think is find it funny, is, like, people are doing the what about with Megan. And they're not even actually pinpointing the one time. The time that she did mess up with her clothing was the Dior captain. You know what I mean? I was like, that was mm-hmm. horrible because it was total appropriation and Dior had just got in trouble for doing an entire line appropriating Mexican culture. Yeah. And then you commissioned him to do a caftan for you. I was like, girl, no, 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 no. That one, <laughs> the other one that I will say I think was a little legitimate and I was like, maybe could have picked a different brand was when after the Christchurch stuff, she wore mm. the Gucci coat. And it was like a black oh, coat. Oh yeah, I was like, yeah. we could have picked and we could have picked oh, a non-Gucci yeah. brand. Like, probably could have gone with something else. Um, exactly. But the thing I will say too, I think I'm a little bit of a fashion nerd. Both of you know it. <laughs> if you know me very well, you know that. I think there is like a very interesting distinction between a brand like Gucci and a brand like, um, well, and even I remember this with Christian Dior because. Yeah. Who was it? Who was the like um, head of Christian Dior like years ago and had really vile anti-Semitic things come out? Mm-hmm. And now he's I no can't longer. But, yeah. but this happened. And what happened when Natalie Portman won Best Actress because she got asked about it. It was really. Right. Because oh, she was oh, the spokesperson okay. for Dior. Oh, and before... she still has a relationship with him yeah. too. Like well, a working relationship with him. And, but then that guy is no longer the head of Dior and that's the thing fashion houses and designers are two different things and Gucci at this point is a little bit like a fashion house where like the head and like the creative director of Gucci isn't the name Gucci and well and that's why there's a whole movie about like I forget the one guy who actually has the last name Gucci getting murdered House of Gucci they're filming it yes that's gonna be happening soon oh I can't wait (laughs) so it's like you can with that with those kind of brands like redemption is a little easier because you can oust a person and it's not it can just be that that person made poor decisions and not like because the person isn't the brand whereas like Dolce and Gabbana Dolce and Gabbana are that brand. brand yeah and it's like and the funny thing is, I feel like at one point their clothes could speak for themselves, and they did. I mean, gosh. And I mean, even now, they still make beautiful clothing. But the thing is, they have become so much adjusted in Kambana, their persona, and their controversy. Mm-hmm. You cannot separate them from their art anymore. You know, it's just like, and it was frustrating for me. The only apologies we've gone haven't been real apologies, and then they extended their clothing into plus size. I'm like, oh, but they're only doing that, though, because they can capitalize off of it. Right. They can make money off of it. They obviously... They were losing money and they were afraid of it. So then they extended their sizing. And they're one of the few big designers that actually do that now, you know? So they, and it's just like, so 
this is not an apology. This is like, okay, I just need to make some money. You know what I mean? And I might have to replace maybe a little bit of this demographic because I might have lost them during this, you know? And it's just, it's it's weird. And it's weird seeing who's like on that train, you know, because I will say since like the Oprah interview has happened, I don't know if you guys saw that, but there was some like tweets and stuff coming out where people were kind of speculating that maybe Megan purchased a lot of her wardrobe as a working royal. Right, yeah. Or was getting like probably like probably no probably freebies because they wouldn't do or loans or they were saying even loans which might have been part of the reason why her tailoring wasn't always right because it was on loan you know what I mean so it couldn't be tailored for her body perfectly some of the outfits so I thought that was interesting though because then it made me think I don't know is that Megan only is maybe they do form relationships with different designers to get a deep discount because I think it was um Chris Ship had said something like that like you know I I don't know if he said it was particular to Megan because I think in the tweet he just kind of said in general like but you know I've heard they can get steep discounts or you know pretty much gifted you know what I mean things like that Mm -hmm. so it made me wonder like is something like that going on with Dolce and Cabana I don't know you know what I mean like is this kind of a low-key like relationship with McQueen but one that's never really been established like that right you know what I mean I will like, say like, like there's only so much I can say about this I will tell you guys once we stop recording <laughs> but I have like actual like hard evidence that royals I'm not gonna say who um do do those kind of like steep steep discounts and you can yes. hide it you can hide it because like if you go to like I always come back to Net-a-Porter because I think it's one of the major like luxury online retailers if you just go there right now you're going to get a pop of this like hey welcome give us your email and you get 10% off well yeah the royals like that there wouldn't be breaking any protocol to do exactly that. And so yes it's a pretty slippery slope from 10 percent to like 85 percent exactly but you can make the argument of like okay well she got the 10 percent because she gave us a random email of her stylist and then she got 25 like and you just start stacking all of these things up and pretty soon it's free i um, mean yeah the effect the kate effect the bacon effect you know what I mean? Like, I remember got brought it up with Jason Wu, who was a long-time friend slash designer for Megan. You know what I mean? I think she wore something, like, fresh off the runway, that blue um, dress she wore that had the, um, like, flowy parts in front. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. before, like, she announced she was pregnant. It kind of was, like, bigger speculation. You know? And it was, like, yeah. And, I mean, I mean, it definitely, it's, like, if Travis wasn't paying for any of her shit, no wonder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm glad she did. She worked smart. I think we all remember, which is why I always kind of, like, Again, it's like Megan wore a lot of her clothes in the beginning from her pre-wardrobe. And I remember, <laughs> oh, I'm forgetting the name now, but when she wore that trench coat from that Canadian house, the woman had said that she had pretty much done like a large purchase before she had gone to Europe. So it was like she had bought that. So it just, you know, makes you wonder where she's making purchases before she left. Is this why when Jessica was styling her she was getting wearing a lot of Jessica's connections, you know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. makes sense. Why? You know what I mean? And then even the same, yeah, like I've said for like Kate and stuff, especially, you know, in the last, I'd say like six years or so, she does a lot of bespoke. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know what the money's like. Like, you know, this is always been the big mystery. Who pays for their clothes? You know what That's I mean? All of money and especially particularly the British royal family, but all royals in general, it's like this box and we just like pandora's box almost like we have no idea what all goes on in there and then they just spit out some numbers and we're supposed to be happy with them 
It, well, exactly, because I remember even the Dior dress. It was like a hundred thousand dollars. That's such you know? crap. Yeah, it was these large, huge numbers. I mean, every time we get a tour wardrobe breakdown of like, no, it's just it's so interesting, and it's like, how much do these things really cost, and how much can they afford? You know what I mean? You're paying yeah. for an entire tour. How much can you pay for the I, jewelry and the clothes? I'm just gonna say this. Like, I might regret this in my inbox later on. But if you ever <laughs> encounter one of those oh this costs this much thing like feel my dms are open on twitter send me a dm and i'll tell you the 15 ways that that article is wrong because they're all wrong <laughs> i've written yeah. it's like kate megan camilla like literally anyone they do it for is like 15 times wrong wait i know it's like times a hundred they're going up i, I remember seeing it like a hundred grand yeah. I know couture is expensive, but mm-mm, mm-mm. well, <laughs> it was it was custom Dior, and they said I think they might have said couture, but they never really specified. And when you get couture, you can get couture for like a couple grand, and then you yes, legitimately can get couture for like a hundred grand. But thank you. Yes. Usually, I'm gonna just like this is a, a qualitative opinion. They're a little more artistic than that yeah yes, grand. exactly thank you that's what not I'm saying it was, it's she wasn't not dripping in diamonds okay possible, <laughs> but i just don't think it's likely yeah. um also like it was like a beautiful dress but yeah it was not a hundred thousand dollar couture dress and like you said there is a range there and price range and it's like by using couture everyone's like oh yeah it had to be that yeah much. it had to be and it's like no 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 the couture there's there's range there's I range have a whole here post about that of like what do you think about that and like do i like that she wore a dior couture caftan no do i know that she yeah. spent 90 grand on it no, like yeah. two things can be true at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and I mean, I think about that trip. I'm like, I wonder if she chose Dior because maybe, hey, she was getting the seat discounts with them. They wanted to show, you know, like they knew, hey, all eyes are on Megan. She's doing a tour this pregnant. Let's go all out for it. Because she wore a lot of Dior that one. I mean, all she her wore, big And she wore that like Valentino, that red cape. Oh, wait, that was Valentino. I thought for a second it was Dior. My bad. Never but she went okay, with all of these like couture. Yes, brand. but it was a steep one. I mean, oh, that Valentino one was gorgeous. I had so no complaints God about that Valentino one. Yeah, it was price. beautiful. I know. I'm like, thank goodness for that steep discount you got. <laughs> there is one gorgeous. thing I, I want to say about Kate's Dolce & Gabbana again, is that I do, I could see people arguing that, oh, maybe she doesn't know about the controversies because she doesn't pay attention to that stuff, which, okay, we can say that. But her stylist should know this. That's yeah. like their job to keep track of that. Literally. So they know. And the other ish, the other piece of the argument is we already know that Kate and Megan and the Queen and probably Camilla, I don't keep up with her wardrobe. They all have messaging in how they dress. Yes. So, like, when they go on tours, they wear British brands, but then they'll also wear like local brands for a day exactly and, that makes up and then when they're doing like commonwealth and uh commonwealth services and trooping like kate wears british brands for those and it seems very intentional so it's yes. hard to say that they have all these intentional intentional moves with how they dress on certain occasions and then look at this and be like well she didn't know that it was that dolce and gabbana is problematic and racist and so it's not a message but it's like 
it is even if that's not the intended message or a message yeah. she knew outright that she was sending. I also it's feel like bit, yeah, royals like some royals like kind of outright declare that without words maybe that they're using fashion as messaging and Kate and Megan certainly have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's like if you do that, if you and I I applaud that like because people are going to talk about clothing and might, mm-hmm. might as well talk about some good things but if you declare that like you're conveying messaging through wardrobe it can't just be the times that you want to say these really positive things right like you have to be very intentional about it all of the time yeah. because that would be like okay i want to i want to send a good message into the world so when i'm on something like this i'm going to be like say very great things but then i'm just going to be a racist asshole as soon as yeah. the camera's cut. Well, that doesn't make it not me not a racist or it not wrong just because it's right. not recorded, just because it's not the one that I declare that I want you to judge me for. I yeah. Think for like on the other side, like someone like Anne, she to me very clearly is like, please don't judge me for my clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, she wears <laughs> things that are like 40 years old. And it's just like, just like I'm like the clothes are just here because I can't go naked. Like kind right. of thing. Literally, yeah, she's literally. I was. And I'm sorry. The thing with Kate is that she has a bunch of other black coats, like we said, but she also has a bunch of them that are British brands. Like she has what yeah. four Alexander McQueen black coats. She has an Alice Temperley one. Like doesn't she I, have I, a Carolina Herrera one? She too, has a Carolina really like. Herrera one. And yes. the other thing is like the one she wore about. today was nothing special and like it was really it looks like her um Catherine Walker coats that also have like the double buttons so I'm like why can't she have just had Catherine Walker make her a black coat with double buttons if that's really what she wanted and honestly I didn't like the gold buttons with the earrings no yeah me too I yeah I that clashed because I the earrings got lost for me because Mm -hmm. of the gold buttons actually you know what I mean like they totally got lost and I feel like that was and that's what's sad because I'm sure that she's that's what she wanted it to be concentrated on. Yeah. But the fashion wise, styling wise, it clashed, so it wasn't happening. And then yeah. the brand she wore completely overshadowed. Yeah, anything really. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. It was just so. Did it? Not she thought out well. She literally. also wore a Prada gown when they were in the middle of a controversy. Yeah, and the thing that yes. bothered me about the Prada thing. Is it was like they were actively in a controversy. Yes, like yes, I think she I could probably that. get away with wearing Prada now. Yeah, yeah, Prada isn't quite as problematic. Yeah, as Dolce and Gabbana, but they like it was literally a week before. Yeah, and she's like yeah. still gonna wear it. I know it was just like, and again, I'm like, why you and your stylist need to sit down yeah. and really go it, over what's important again. You know, we yeah. reestablish what's important in dressing and what we're staying away from and stuff. Because it's like, instead of, you know, staying away from sending messages of support to say, like, a Me Too movement, let's do that. Let's actually, let's actively, yeah. <laughs> let's be a little more clear about those things. Let's not, like, let's just put this on the back burner completely. All of the rewares. It's just like, pack it up. And put it away for a few years and see where we go from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you it don't just, know if they're in the middle of a controversy, just wear a British brand because at least it's a British brand. I know. It's like really just like just go British. But yeah. I remember sort of saying it's like even if she, what if she like donated them or something? I don't know. Like I was thinking, like, would it be so cool if she like donated donated them to Smartworks 
and did like a sister-in-law shout out to Megan and some kumbaya gotcha. there. It's yes. community. It'd be amazing. Even That's if it was like genius. totally just BS and total PR. Get rid of the Dolce. Get rid of it. You got the sister connection. Give it to some working women. I mean, because Dolce is still quality stuff. So please yeah. donate it. Like, like I always said, like if I saw something cheap on Poshmark and Dolce, I would buy it because I'm gonna give it to some woman sitting at home and making some money off of you know flipping clothes. It's like reformation. I like their clothes, but I will never buy directly from them again. Yeah, ever. <laughs> you know, I will only buy secondhand. So it's just like, and she would be pushing secondhand, recycling yeah. their clothes, passing them on. I'm like, there is avenues here, and especially if we want to do activist Kate or whatever. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> do it this here. Is, Don't okay. wear Dolce Gabbana. That would be activist. <laughs> the smart works thing. It so reminds me of something that I've wanted to say for a while. Like I'm not actively and I wasn't at the time actively like mad about it and I don't even know if disappointed is the right word but I really wanted Kate to wear some of that smart set Me yeah too. I was that it's was so always easy. an interesting missed opportunity there I know I really thought there could have been a chance at one point I was like but god no there was no coordination happening there the blue dress that That's is totally her color. up her avenue. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It reminds me of the Zara dress she wore the day after the wedding, you know, on the way to the yeah. honeymoon or whatever. Like, totally would have had a moment there. Throw on a cute little sweater, belt it up, put on your classic wedges. It would have been such a look. And it would have been, like, throwback to your old days. Yeah. And, like, giving Megan, like, saying, hey, Bond here. I don't know. I'm just, like, you guys are so dumb. Even if, like, <laughs> I think that's what I love. Like, what I saw, too, in that um in that Vogue article, like, Omid actually was quote saying. He was, like, that's the funny thing. Like, there was never a big issue with it. Like, just didn't have a lot of common. Like, there was no yeah. big fight. There was no big, like, we're never speaking again. It's just they didn't have a lot of common. They didn't speak. They saw each other spoke. They were just they sisters-in-law. Speak. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I'm just, like, why couldn't you guys let them have some form of regular unity? Yeah. You know what I mean? Other than once, you know, once a year at Wimbledon. It's like, you guys just really killed it. And the funny thing is they could have totally distracted even more. So all of the drama going on behind the scenes, if they would have done something like that, yeah, you know what I mean? If they would have given us the feels. Okay. <laughs> and that's where if I'm Kate's stylist, I'm saying, listen, you don't even really have to like the clothes. I know you're not like, I know you and Megan aren't besties or anything like that. But if you wear this, like you will get so much good press. Good press. Hey, can you imagine the moment that would have sold out? That dress sold out. Yeah. Good effect. She's helping make it. I mean, it would have been. I probably would have been annoyed by the kind of the <laughs> Yeah. Got yeah. <laughs> like, why are you guys losing here? <laughs> Come on. And again, it's like if we're gonna do activist Kate and you know International Women's Month, Kate, it's like where is the woman? Like you had so many women supporting women moments yeah, there with Megan, so it's many. still good, and you guys refused to, and that is why people are like, huh? <laughs> what is going on here? Like I don't know, just like there were so many moments. I'm so confused why they won't do it. Oh my goodness! Like I would, I just, and that my thing is like one day I'm really hoping. The family proper apologies are made and conversations happen and we see some form of unity through fashion from Kate and Megan because it would be so amazing. I thought like I would be so happy. (laughs) When they went when um that Commonwealth service in twenty eighteen when the whole family was like coordinated in navy or cream. Yeah. I was really hoping we were gonna get that for Kate and Megan for like the rest of our lives. I know that that was coordination. 
Like I always said, like get Megan in a headband, get like get Kate in a cute button up like Chris white shirt or something, you know, like get her in the husband Misha shirt. I don't know, like give me some unity through like fashion and those really cute and very sweet nods. I just feel like there was yeah. such a moment there and like I just hate it never happened. I know. And like <laughs> and if anything is, Megan could have been such a great support for Kate in carving out this new Kate for what yeah. they need to be in this monarchy and you know, 2021 and on. Mm-hmm. Like she could have genuinely been a great support of, of Kate just doing something like wearing something from Smart Set. Hey, taking some photos maybe of like one of the campaigns she does for Smart Set or something or Hub's Kitchen. Like there were so many, so many moments that could continue to be used, but they just won't do it. They just won't do well, it. Okay, <laughs> there's a great crossover. Some, I don't know for what, like maybe even it's family photos, but Kate and Harry taking photos and then like releasing them together. Yeah, it would be so cool. Can you imagine too, like even if they did like a spreader or something like National Geographic, them taking photos and then talking about their photos together and like, you know, what they mean to them personally as photographers, what was your worst moment? What was your best lighting? Blah, blah, blah. Oh my God, so now I want this so I know with the NHS, the interview hand step. I'm like, come on, the opportunity is here. It's like, we can leave William out of it. Okay, okay, but I have an idea. So pretend that the world wasn't quite as, and the royal family wasn't quite as racist, and Meghan and Harry are still <laughs> in the UK. So yes. we're going in that hypothetical world. Okay. <laughs> Meghan is due soon, and William and Kate have a 10th wedding anniversary. So why don't Harry take photos of uh, William and Kate for like the 10th yes. wedding anniversary and Kate can take the like first photos as the family of three and then oh. we have a crossover. Done. Dude, that would be so sweet. Uh. That's all I want. And the thing is too, it always made me sad, like you said, with the photography, because like that's so sweet that we just never got anything with like, yeah, like Kate and Harry talking about it. Or, yeah, like... Just, like, those sweet moments, because it's obvious that, like, Kate loves this and she likes to share, like, intimate moments. Like, can you imagine if she did that with, like, the Sussex or held with any of their initiatives? Or I'm just, like, (laughs) and that's the thing. And it's, like, so sad they were afraid of, like, their popularity, frankly, and their power. Because I do think they would have been great support systems to them. You know what I mean? And I do think they would have been down. I just don't think it was in the way that the royals traditionally need despairs to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just, and that's I, it's so funny to me that people act like it's a new, because I'm like, always look at Markwood and Elizabeth. Okay, this isn't new. <laughs> the stair struggle and I'm shining and what's going on here. <laughs> I will say, like, kind of, because we end, our, we usually end our show and rant and rave, but we're not going to do that tonight because we feel like we've <laughs> ranted and raved a lot. Yeah. But I have, like, ending it on a little bit of, like, a rave moment to go with like the good press that the photo crossover thing could have done probably one of my favorite moments from like all of the morning and all of that stuff is mike tyndall's instagram post of the photo and it's taken by kate and yeah so perfect it was just so sweet i really that photo and the one um sophia took of philip and the queen out in baltimore those two they look like just a regular old couple literally like imagine all the family casual moments they have of pictures 
It was so cute. It was the so sweet. Were, they killed. They they really did well with the photos. Yeah, they coordinated. Like, they coordinated so well. They coordinated so well. Yeah, they really proved that they can't coordinate. Exactly. I mean, Eugenie and Harry's statements. Yeah. Tears. Yeah. I was so mad because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Harry got me, and then Eugenie got me, and I'm like, I should have known it would have been you two. I should have known. Yeah. It right. Been you two. Eugenie great writers, got me. man. Yeah, uh, Eugenie got me too because, like, I lost my grandpa like 10 years ago. So I was like, I relate to you, like, yes. on a deep sense for once in my life. And this is yes. just a lot. It was just, it, 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 it was personal. And I'll admit, I just thought too, like, you know, Eugenie was never working real. So that's never going to happen. But also, I thought, like, man, it is sad that they, like, lost Harry because, like, even that word, it's that personal touch. Yeah, that he brings to it. Like all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, like fill up the grandpa. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like obviously, I know that, but like really feeling that too. Like fill yeah. up the grandpa, not the prince, not the duke, just grandpa. Like having those moments with your grandpa, and I was like, damn you. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that, that was kind of a really awesome way to like wrap it up because we we did a lot of ranting, but we, yeah. you know, we came around at the end and had our, like <laughs> moments of heart strings yeah. and stuff. So we proved to you all they we do us. in fact have heart. <laughs> um, We're not just angry all the, the time. royal family. I know. We cry with the royal family too. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and speak for Morgan. We definitely need to do this again because I yes, always have so the biggest blast ever. And so... I I think, Morgan, unless you have anything to say, we're going to sign off for this episode. Yeah. Like, um, This is recorded way earlier. As we mentioned earlier, I'm out. So more to come on next week's episode. But we'll see you guys the next episode.